Thank you, Brother Stephen and the choir. Beautiful hymns, beautiful reminders of our Lord's goodness and what a wonderful friend we have in Jesus. We live in a very interesting time. It's often referred to as the information super age or, or we, we are able to get information quicker today than ever before. Something can happen literally on the other side of the world and within minutes we've been notified through the 24-hour news cycle or in some way or another the message is transmitted and received and then relayed on to someone else. That we can embrace those messages, we can reject those messages. We're seeing as well in this uh, current time that there are some that are not telling the truth uh, or they're twisting the message in order to give it a particular slant or a particular view, maybe to back up their view. Uh, the internet, someone said, is the most wonderful and the most horrible thing ever invented. Uh, do we? Al Gore really outdid himself when he uh, did the, the internet. No, he didn't do it. But anyway, uh, uh, it's, it's great for the information that we get. It's, it's wrong because of just all of the abuses that, that are available or that are uh, brought out of that information superhighway called the internet. Well, this morning I want to speak a closing message from the 13th chapter of Matthew as we've been looking at the eight or seven prior kingdom parables. And he closes with just one verse, but it's a, it's a similitude. Uh, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, simile, it's a similitude that, that he speaks about what the kingdom of heaven is like, or in particular... His disciples uh, should be like. And so let's read from the Word of God in Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 51. Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? And he's going back to the seven previous parables that he's given in the 13, what we have is the 13th chapter of Matthew. And they responded by saying, Yes, Lord, these are His disciples. They say, Yes, we've understood these things. Verse 52, Then He said to them, Okay, as a result of understanding them, as a result of receiving the message, He gives this similitude, this parable, if you will. Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like, a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. What an interesting statement. Again, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. This morning we intend to look at what it means to be that householder. He says, every scribe instructed, is or instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like this householder. Jesus hasn't been speaking some lingo that is foreign to them. 
He's spoken a message and he asked them, have you received that message? What a great evaluation tool for each of us that say we are followers of Christ, believers, Christians. When the Word of God is before us, the message of God is delivered to us, be it through the medium of preaching or through the medium of, uh, of some other media form. But a message is given, is delivered, maybe even in print, and evaluate ourselves. Have we understood these things? The instructed scribe, and we'll get to that in a moment, but the instructed scribe concerning the kingdom of heaven, seven previous parables, concerning this kingdom of heaven, he's like, he's like the householder who brings out of his storehouse, his treasure, things both new and old. Let's think this morning about this message that Jesus speaks in closing his giving of the seven previous kingdom parables. Some of the parables were uh, ones that Jesus taught to the multitudes at large, and then some of them uh, uh, didn't understand that multitude, and Jesus told why he taught in parables. But some of them he taught to his disciples privately, and he explained uh, all that he had said to his disciples in a personal way, something they could relate to, out of a, a context that they understood, fishing out of a context that they could uh, uh, relate to. And and so Jesus has addressed the kingdom of heaven. Not the church, though the church is a part of the kingdom. But He's speaking about Christendom at large in the seven previous parables that we've looked at over the past few weeks. And then Jesus describes this householder, this house manager. Have you understood? Well, then you should be like the householder that does a particular thing. How can we be like this house manager? He was the one who was responsible for taking care of the house, managing, getting the food out of the storage, uh, the, the, the storehouse, and, and, and making preparations, getting the treasure, getting the, uh, the riches in order to pay the debts. That was the responsibility of the householder. And so Jesus is saying, my disciples in the kingdom of heaven, my followers should be like this, that he brings out of his storehouse things both old and new. So let's look at this householder, this house manager. What is he to be? Well, number one, he's to be a dedicated pupil. Dedicated pupil. Jesus asked the question, have you understood all these things? What a great question. What a great question on a Sunday morning when we gather together in a place of worship. A place that has been sanctified, set apart for the purpose of worship. When we gather here together in this context and we engage in our worship through music, we engage in opening the Bible, the Word of God, and when we conclude, we ask ourselves this question, have we understood? The word understood is an interesting word. 
it, it's, it's not a word that means just simply to get knowledge. It's a word that means to, to set forth in order, uh, to put together. So in essence, Jesus is asking them, have you put together these things that I've taught you? Of course, we know he's going back to the seven previous parables. Have you put them together? What I'm saying about the kingdom of heaven. Go back with me to the 13th chapter. We're in the 13th chapter, the 10th verse. Jesus gave the first parable, which is the parable of the sower, and then the disciples came to him and asked him this question. Why do you speak in parables? Why do you speak to them in parables? Interesting question. It's a viable message that all need to hear. Jesus, why are you teaching about seeds and sowers and soil? Why are you teaching in, in, in this manner, this, this method? Jesus essentially, as he says so often there, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he's, he's causing those who want the message to dig. To go for it. To get the message. He's separating. How about us? When God's word is proclaimed, do you have an ear to hear? Or do we just sort of pass it off? This is a cultural thing. We've gathered here uh, as we do, as, as our habit, as our ritual on Sunday morning. First day of the week, it's good. It's, it is Christian-like. And, and so we just come out of habit. Or do we come to Bible study? Do we come to worship? Because we want to dig. There is no spoon-fed understanding of the scripture so he says to them have you understood john bunyan of pilgrim's progress uh, understood the language of uh, of the scripture that it was something you dig for he made reference to the school of the cross in his writings he said the school of the cross is the school of light now some of us weren't necessarily attuned to school. We, don't, we even shun that terminology. And shame on us for, for having gone that way. I mean, uh, some of us didn't like the, the ninth grade. Those are the best four years of my life. But uh, some, some of you may, may not have enjoyed school and the pursuit of knowledge. When it comes to a child of God, a careful study of the Scripture, or even, even a casual study of the Scripture, reminds us that we are to be a dedicated pupil. As a child of God, we are to dig. And that's what Jesus is saying in this verse when he says, ask them the question, have you understood all these things? Have you, are you digging? Are you going for, do you have ears to hear what I'm saying? A dedicated pupil will learn that God's promises are true. A dedicated pupil will dig so that he might learn that persecution is coming. A dedicated pupil will learn that it is important how we perform our duties. A dedicated pupil will learn that our flesh is powerless 
in the pursuit of righteousness. We need His Spirit. A dedicated pupil will learn that He as Lord is preeminent in all things. Are you a dedicated pupil? Have you understood all these things? There's no area that's written in the Word of God, no topic that is menial, that is useless. We open the Word of God and allow Him to to teach us, but with a dedication as a student, as a pupil. What was it that, that in this chapter, the 13th chapter, that was to be put together Meaning of the word understood, to to, to put it all together. What was it? If you look at the content of the 13th chapter and these parables, we'll say there are eight, if you look at verse 52 that we'll get to in a moment. Uh, So Jesus is using these eight in in couplet fashion. There are two, that, that each, there are four sets of two that relate to each other. The first parable of the soil in verse 3 through 9 and this last parable in verse 52 are paired together. And they speak about the reception of the Word. Receiving the Word of God. The soil's response to the seed and the householder's response or responsibility to, 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 to hear the Word and then to make it known to others. And so we can couple those two, the first and the eighth parable together. And then the second and the seventh parable. The second parable, verses 24 to 30 of the 13th chapter, and the seventh parable, verses 47 to 50. Both of these parables speak of separating good from evil. Jesus is saying something. The the parable of the tares and then the parable of the, the good and the bad fish in the net. And so there's a relationship. Jesus is saying, have you understood these things? Of what He's saying about the kingdom. The third and the fourth parables both speak of the great progress of the kingdom. The great progress of the kingdom. Though it's small and obscure to the outward eye, it will progress, it will grow. And then lastly, the fifth and sixth parable both speak of an object of great value. All of these relate to the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus took the time to say to His disciples, have you understood this? Wouldn't it be great if when we concluded on a a Sunday, if that was our procedure? Do you understand? Did you dig for it? Have you listened? Last week we had a guest speaker in, uh, who was from Uganda and, and, and I, I admit, I was wiped out Sunday afternoon because you have to listen so closely to his uh, accent or, or the, 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 his use of English with a thick Ugandan accent. But I listened closely. That's the way we l- should listen regardless of the accent, Correct? That we have, we, we intensify what's being said. Naturally, we want someone to speak in a language we can understand and with a dialect or a, a, a tone that we can understand. So Jesus is asking them, Have you understood? Scripture, my friend, is not a hodgepodge that's just thrown together. Study 
An interesting study is on the history of our English Bible, a study of how the Scripture came together, how God supernaturally put these books, and why these 66 books are part of the Scripture. There are other pseudo-scriptural writings that are out there that, that, that some, even today, many liberals today want to pull them out and say, this is, this is Bible literature too. It's not divinely inspired. All Scripture is God-breathed. And there are characteristics of these 66 books that those don't share. Have you understood these things? Are you a dedicated pupil of God's Word? You'll not receive the message until you do. It's not some secret, hidden message that you've got to stand on one foot and uh, close your left eye and, and say the certain incantation before you can get it. It's just a matter of simple principle of taking, taking the tools of study, uh, the scientific method to study and get what God is saying, historically, grammatically, what God says in His Word. Have you understood these things? And they said to Him, yes, Lord, can you say that? There may be areas of Scripture and areas of study where when we study the Word of God that we have to say, Lord, I don't get it. I know this is Your Word, but Lord, give me understanding. Show me, give me the, uh, give me the, the right interpretation of this. Lead me to a teacher, if it be, that I might understand that. Have you understand all these things? Folks, you'll not receive the message. And listen to me, you certainly won't relay it if you don't understand it. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, our little grandson, Judah, was in the house visiting with us. And he was in our bedroom and beside the bed on Amy's side is uh, a stack of books. But she has her Bible there. And Judah saw Amy's Bible and he said, that is the book of God. <laughs> uh, he got it right. I mean, it's God's divinely inspired book. It's His Word. It's not on equal level with Shakespeare's writing. It's supreme. It's divine. We ought to want to understand it. And so Jesus comes to a close of this, this paragraph of thought, this 13th chapter about these kingdom parables, and He asked them, Have you understood? Well, a householder that he describes in 52. A householder is one who is a dedicated pupil. Secondly, this householder, not only is there dedication, but he, there is direction. He, he has a directed pursuit. Verse 52, Then, as they answered, Yes, Lord, we've understood these things about the kingdom. So Jesus says, therefore, that means it's related to what he's saying before. Therefore, every scribe instructed. And just, just take those two words right there. Ed, a scribe instructed. Scribe. A scribe was a man who served an important role in Jewish society. Simply stated, a scribe was the chief interpreter of the Scripture. Now often we talked about the scribes and the Pharisees. And the scribes were those that had twisted certain things and added things to the Scripture. But here Jesus isn't speaking of these scribes in a negative connotation. He recognized their dedication and their directed study. 
I like this term that I found from someone else, but they were careful scholars for the most part. Not always, and those that abused certainly weren't careful. But, but, but Jesus, in using this term of a scribe, every scribe, He's saying, my disciples, my followers, are those who are like the scribes that have been instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. Every scribe instructed. These scribes would help the community to understand the Old Testament. They, they wrote Scripture. They copied Scripture. They didn't have a, a, a Xerox or a Rico or a copier. They, they, they copied. They didn't have a printing press until Gutenberg came along. And, uh, so these scribes by hand gave careful thought to what they were copying and what they were writing. Jesus says that we disciples, we followers of Christ, are like these scribes that have been instructed. This is the kind of attitude that we are to have concerning the Word of God. Is that yours? A directed pursuit. Careful scholars. Careful scholars who are pursuing accuracy. What I say this morning and every time I stand behind the sacred desk is what I'm saying accurate to the, to the intent of the Scripture, to what God wants communicated. Sunday school teacher, is what you are saying as you are preparing that lesson, are you giving careful study, directed pursuit to this is what God wants said? And what he once said is of immeasurable value. He calls, he he says the householder brings it out of his treasure. That word could be storehouse, but it was where things of value were kept. Do you value God's word? Christian, follower of Christ, believer, redeemed one, Do you value what God is saying? We often say the Bible is God's love letter to us. Maybe that's a good way of looking at it and such, but I know I've got some old love letters from my wife, only one from my wife, but I've just got them in a box under the bed, I think. I'm not sure I value them as well as I should possibly, but God's Word is far more than just a love letter from an old flame. It's God speaking to us. Treasure. Do we value this? Do we pursue this with accuracy? With, I may be making up a word here, but with applicability? Do we communicate? Do we receive the message and make it applicable to our lives? Southern Baptists had battled for the in years gone by for the issue of is this the Word of God and have come out authoritatively, uh, convincingly saying, yes, this is God's Word, we stand on this. But it seems to be a battle that's raging today about the sufficiency of God's Word. Is God's Word sufficient for my every need? Is it applicable? 
How are you applying God's Word? How will you apply this message? How will you apply what you were given, the treasure that you received in the previous hour in Sunday school, Bible study time? How will you apply what you get in discipleship hour tonight? How will you apply the truths that you've been given? To whom much is given, much is required. We ask ourselves, What is God's way in using this matter? Folks, we're not coming here just to get information. We've too often approached the Word of God as just a book full of information, as though it's trivial. No, it's life-giving. When you come to the Word of God, how do I apply this to my life? Are you studying the Scripture? Are you approaching the Word of God like a careful scholar? The disciples were receiving the message. Have you understood all these things? Yes, Lord, we understand them. Then they had a responsibility to open up the Word of God. Open up. I challenge you to come back tonight. As we, A healthy church is a biblical preaching church. We could talk about a lot of how-tos and all of those things, but just to open the Word of God, preach the Bible, and that'll give us our how-to. And so uh, tonight I I want to show you how to be a biblical preacher (laughs) in some respects, but but how a church should be accepting of biblical preaching and, and such. But preaching, biblical preaching, I'm convinced preaching that honors the Lord is that which takes the Scripture and opens it up. Not for a hidden message, but just the plain sense of the Scripture. We seek no other sense. God does a divine supernatural work when the plain sense of the Scripture is opened up to receptive hearts, to good soil. And so, the scribe instructed, explaining, saying, when we receive the message, then we relay it. Paul told Timothy in his last letter, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, he told them to teach others also. It's a great little three-word message. You've received it, then teach others also. We're not to sit passively and receive information about the kingdom and then not do anything. We have a valuable privilege to receive the message is great, but we receive it and then relay it to pass the message along. Relay the message. Now there's a warning that I want to pause and, and, and suggest But reading the Word of God without understanding it will leave you ineffective for the kingdom. Reading it without understanding. The prophet Hosea said in Hosea 4 and verse 6 that God said through him, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. In Matthew 22 and verse 29, Jesus told the the Pharisees that you err because you do not know the Scriptures. You do not know the Word of God. Oh, that we would get into it 
Have you understood all these things? There there is a, a dedicated pupil, yes, but there's a directed pursuit. You have a direction. And that's to know what God is saying. Every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. You taking what God's saying to you through His Word? Are you pursuing that? Are you accepting of that? Just imagine that you had to go to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, Mr. Jones, you, have sur- you need surgery. There, there is a mass uh, that's, that's in your chest and, and we need to remove it. It's very dangerous. You need to have a very complicated surgery. Well, you're, you're concerned about money and the rising cost of health care is a concern and uh, hospitals and doctors seem to really charge a lot and you think, well, that surgeon's going to want, want thousands of dollars and, and, and I don't have any insurance. But I know, a, I know a, a butcher at the grocery store that cuts meat and that's about all the surgeon's doing. I think, I, and I can pay the butcher a lot less, and he can find that mass and cut it out. Now, which will you choose if that were you? Why is it that we approach the Word of God so often like a butcher? That we'll just sort of hack away and cut rather than a directed pursuit, a, a careful scholar's approach to the Word of God. Have you understood these things? Yes, Lord. Then, therefore... You should be like a scribe instructed concerning the the kingdom of heaven. You are like this householder. So that brings us to the last point, or the last matter. In verse 52, he says, Every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder, a house manager, who brings out of his treasure things new and old. There must be. A, dire- a dedicated pupil, a directed pursuit. Stay with me on this. I, this is for my memory, but hopefully you understand. There also needs to be a dynamic pedagogy. And if you're in education, you understand the term pedagogy or pedagogical. Uh, some schools used to be referred to that. Those are the schools that taught the method and practice of teaching. And, and I'm doing alliteration for my benefit, not for anybody else's. But uh, the kingdom of heaven's like a householder. He brings out of. Look at those two words, brings out, or brings out of, three words. He brings out of his treasure both things new and old. He brings out of. Brings out of speaks of dedication. It's an enthusiasm. It's a word that means to fling forth. In other words, this householder is one who's received the message and then he relays it. He has a dynamic curriculum. He has a dynamic task. He has a dynamic pedagogy. He has a dynamic job before him to make known the dedication to divine truth must lead to declaration of divine truth. No wonder Jesus called it a treasure. This householder who brings out of, he flings it out. Maybe he went into the storehouse and he got a, a shank of ham. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but he gets, and he brings it out into the whole family. He, he puts it out there with enthusiasm that they would have meat to eat. 
in the house. That's the picture of the householder, the, the house manager. With zeal, he flings it forth. I wonder if we, with zeal, fling forth the message concerning the kingdom of heaven. The householder doesn't just keep it all stored up in the storehouse. He brings it out and he shares it because it's dynamic. Certainly we have a message that is dynamic. What is that message? It's the message that Christ died for the ungodly. It's the message that Christ paid for my sin and your sin fully, totally and completely on the cross of Calvary. And with zeal, we fling it forth. I make it known. You make it known. You receive the message, then you relay it to others. You make it known. What a dynamic message. Christ died for me. The Bible, Paul described in Ephesians that we were once children of wrath. But now we are the righteous of God, the righteous children of God. How? By our efforts? No. The good news is that we, we can't do enough. The good news is that Jesus did it all. He paid for our sin on the cross of Calvary, putting away our sin, past, present, and future. And he was buried and raised the third day. He is king. He is sovereign. He is coming again. We need to fling it forth. We need to bring out of the storehouse, the treasure, these things, the old things, the new things. Jesus wasn't talking about new truth. Some, some relate this to the New Testament and the Old Testament. I don't know if that's the, 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 the historical accurate meaning of that, but there are truths that they understood and there were new things about the kingdom that were being brought to their understanding at the very moment of Jesus' time and teaching as well. We don't just keep it all stored up. The man, the woman who's a well-taught disciple of Christ is invaluable in the kingdom of God. It's not the task of just the preachers. It's the task of every follower of Christ to relay the message. I love to tell the story of Jesus and His love. Do you? Do you relay that message? of how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures? Do you relay that message that Christ is risen and He's alive, He's victorious over death, over the grave, and He's coming again? Have you received that message? So this is how Jesus closes out. He says, you're like every scribe, every disciple, every dedicated pupil, is like a householder, a house manager, who brings out of the storehouse the treasure and he flings it forth with enthusiasm and zeal. God help us to be such a people because we have a divine treasure in His Word that reveals the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray that we have done accuracy, applicability to Your Word this morning for each of our lives. We've made it understandable that we've made it applicable. And that, Father, that we would leave from this place today committed to fling forth, to bring out 
of the treasure that you've given us of your divine truth, that we'd make it known to others. The greatest message of how that Christ died for all of our sin and was buried and raised the third day. May we make that known. And the truths of the kingdom that as we live as your followers of what we should be and how we should live. Your word is sufficient. Lord, I pray that we'll be faithful and diligent to do the task you've called us to. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to